hello friends and however you are listening to this episode of on grace we're really grateful that you are here with me jason brown and the wet bandits themselves <laughs> harry and marv who have given up the home burglary life and for our home been, theology life <laughs> for our yes. home theology life shame tree theologians yeah yep Something like that. We had a we watched this over Thanksgiving and had a conversation on who got it the worst, Harry or Marv. And um I think I think the consensus where I was at was um Harry. Because Harry he, the short one or the Harry's the short one. Okay. Yeah, I would agree. Who he with the blowtorch to the head. <laughs> yeah. I would agree. Yeah. Wow, we reached the consensus that quickly. How about that? Among so th- the three of us. Thanks for listening I'm, to this I'm episode. My <laughs> yeah. That's all it takes. A little bit of grace. Boom, we got it. You want to say, hey, Wayne? Hey, Wayne. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm Wayne. <laughs> we always Have you all noticed when you listen to this podcast that JB kicks it off with some kind of a lame attempt at humor? <laughs> lame attempt? Wow. <laughs> oh, that's low. That was a strong attempt. <laughs> and then, and then, Stronger than some days. And then me probably. or Wade, either one says, hey, and then the other one has this long spiel about nothing, and then we <laughs> jump on that long spiel about nothing. Well, it's my turn to do the long spiel about nothing. Um, I mean, it's just a few weeks away from the holidays, and we've already had, uh, you know, the run-up to Christmas, which is Thanksgiving. It's like the the pre-trial or whatever, and... Uh, this time of year, you have the double whammy of getting together with your family in November and December, and uh, it doesn't always go well for various reasons. There might be a recent death in the family. There might be some uh, boogers in the family. You know, you may have some control freaks. You may have some uh, people who are really eccentric. You may, you know, deceptive people, braggadocious people, whatever. So you... Um, you head into Christmas expecting it to be something that it rarely is. <laughs> it's usually the opposite. Right. Yeah. And so your drive home is, can you believe that that disaster was actually worse than the year before? And so um, we've agreed that I'm going to make a huge mess uh, with what I say, and then these two are going to clean it up with <laughs> grace. But um, here, here's my idea on this. There are three days out of the year that a child – growing up expects to get what they want one is their birthday the other is halloween well maybe there's four the other may be easter i don't know if they're into easter candy but then the the biggie is christmas that you give your wish list and you expect to go and get what you want under the tree on christmas morning and year after year american children have that and i don't know that we ever outgrow it it's just that the expectations what we expect changes just a bit so we go home expecting our kids to be treated the same as all the other grandkids. Or we go home expecting our pineapple upside-down cake to be crowed about that we've slaved over for five hours, and, and then our sister-in-law throws something together out of a box, and everybody thinks it's the best thing ever. And for whatever reason, our expectations are dashed. We don't get to sit at the big people's table or we whatever. So... It, it a lot of the holiday disappointment is because of expectations unmet. And it's not that this happens every once in a while. It seems you get in this yearly routine and it just happens over and over and over. So where, how do you break that cycle? And where, what words would Grace speak into that 
So there I made the mess. You all clean it up. Go ahead, Wayne. <laughs> You've heard that. Jason uh, hands the mop to Wayne. <laughs> I think part of it is um, maybe we go into those settings and we uh, we we change our expectations because if this is how it has always been, um, our expectations of what others will bring to the to the setting, but we also change our expectations about the possibilities that we can bring to the situation. Yeah, and we start to believe that 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 the dysfunction and the the harm and the brokenness doesn't have to be the only thing that happens. That that it is possible to experience and to express grace in those moments. And so we kind of bring it with us uh, in some ways, but also at the same time, we believe that it's already available to us in those moments. Yeah. And so we start uh, looking for those opportunities uh, instead of ex- expecting people to be nice to us and meet our expectations. Instead, we start, we start looking for um, the opportunity to give grace to somebody else or to recognize grace in somebody else, not as a consolation prize, but, but as an experience of, of what life is really about, yeah. of the thing that, that we were created for. Um, and, that, and so we don't have to deny or ignore or pretend that the hurt and the dysfunction and the negative stuff happens. Yeah, it happens. But even in its midst, uh, we can look for and offer um, some, some kind of affirmation or encouragement or recognition of something uh, in another person that is that allows us to connect with them. Yeah. Does that make sense? Is that? Yeah. What are you thinking, JB? I'm. So for Christmas, my family, uh, at my extended family Christmas, we go to my aunt's house, and um, essentially there's there's two crews that. Um, assert themselves or identify themselves. There's the there's the card playing crew, mm-hmm. and there's the TV watching crew. And uh, typically, I'm part of the TV watching crew. And for those of you who know me, know that I like the NBA, and the NBA mm-hmm. has like five typically really good games on right. Christmas Day. So I want to watch the NBA. Right. But there are other folks that want to watch a Christmas Story. <laughs> And there are other folks that want to watch Hallmark right. stuff. Yeah. And there's other folks that, oh, there's you know some other random Christmas movie like Elf or right. know, whatever. Yeah. So without fail, there's this. Well, here's you know here's here's what I want. You yeah. Know, it's not it's not like a full blown Christmas argument, but right. neither, neither is it uh, a Christmas miracle, <laughs> as it were. Um, so, so Wendell, when you said, you know, these are the days where kids assume they're going to get everything they want, like I, I definitely resonated with that. And on some levels, like, well, yeah, it's it's Christmas, so here's what I want to watch. Yeah, right. But if you have five people, well, yeah. saying, well, it's Christmas, and I'm right. Here's what I want to watch. <laughs> yeah. You know how how do you how do you navigate that? And I, I yeah, I think it's. <laughs> I think I think it I think it's difficult. I, I think um I think that you know it's kind of cliche but that Christmas isn't about isn't about getting but re- <laughs> but receiving. Um 
which which I think we're okay with when it's time to open gifts, right. but <laughs> maybe less okay with when it's like asserting. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's what I want. Well, I mean, it's it's all about getting attention. It's about your kids getting attention, equal time, but from grandparents. It's all kind of stuff like that. The thing that's I've we've we've got a series of lessons here at the church. We've got uh, sessions on Monday night entitled "When Christmas Hurts," and so we're we've kind of taken the whole holiday thing and dissected it and looked at different parts of it. But one one thing that I've been thinking as as, as we've gone through this, is families are almost all made up like a pecking order. There's inevitably somebody or somebodies who are at the bo- toward the bottom of the food chain. And what what if we, and, and here again, this sounds cliched, but what if we did the Jesus thing and say, I'm going to seek out the least of these. I'm going to find the person who never gets attention who sits in the corner quietly and reads mm-hmm. a book the whole time or yeah. whatever. And I'm going to invest myself in them. Yeah. Or the person everybody belittles or yeah. makes overlooks or makes fun of. Yeah. yeah. Picks and, on. And just invest myself in them. How does that change the conversation on the way home? I mean, you're, you're not going to be thinking about Aunt Millie didn't like my sponge cake. You're going to be thinking about Remember when they smiled when I said this to them? Or, or yeah. Remember how they perked up when I showed attention right. and invested myself yeah. in them? And and then think about their ride home. Why was this Christmas different than every other one I've ever had? Yeah. It's because so-and-so sat down next to me and... Right. Included. Yeah. Connection. Yeah, yeah. and really, really noticed that I was there. Yeah. And we've talked about grace being pre- the willingness to be present to someone. And so I think that that... Uh, is is inconsistent with the other things we've talked about that we we make the choice to be present to be really present with somebody to give them our attention and to recognize who they are. Yeah, is it possible? I'm just going off your example, JB, of in time actually inventing a third group, not the TV watching or the guard playing, but the significant conversation group. You know that, then then that becomes the cool thing. That becomes the cool table to sit at, where you sit and you talk about how's your year been or how's how was fall semester. And, yeah. Maybe you know, if, if it's just two people, and maybe if it's just a mo- a few moments here and there. Yeah, yeah. But to be to be part of those, yeah. And it, you know, it's with families. It seems for me, it's really difficult to change. Uh, those dances we do with family because we've been doing them for so long and everybody expects them to look a certain way. Uh, and so to do it differently uh, is tough to do for me. It yeah. it, it draws attention and, yeah. and it makes you look odd. And uh, But here here's the thing, because I've been really thinking about this. Do, do we get so stuck in the back memory, the back story we have with a person that everything they do today is filtered through yeah. that backstory, right. and and all of us have changed. Yeah, we've all had significant paradigm shifts in our right. life, but they haven't. Yeah, that's just our that's assumption. That's a good point, right? They haven't. Right. And so everything they say today is put through the filter of years gone by. Right. We don't even give them a chance. Yeah. And and uh, some of those assumptions are were wrong to start with. 
Yeah. But, but we keep holding on to them and building on them, and we look for proof that they're true, but we never acknowledge the things that say, well, maybe that not may not be true, ever was, or maybe it's not now. Right, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. To give people the opportunity, the possibility that they have uh, changed. Isn't it, isn't it amazing that, and we're all three pastors, isn't it amazing that, like to a homeless person or to just a, a rank stranger in Walmart or whatever, uh, it, it's far easier to extend grace than it is when you go home for Christmas. Yeah. The people you right. grew up with? Yeah. Eh, I don't know. Yeah. Now nah, you're that same old, you know, right. so-and-so that you always were. Yeah. It's really easy to fall back into those same interactions, same uh, positions on the ladder, the same yeah. same dance conversations. Yeah. yeah. Well, even when Jesus returned to his hometown, they put him through yeah. the same. Oh, you're the carpenter's son. Yeah. We're not going to give you a chance to be anything right. but that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. I think one thing we probably ought to explore someday about this grace thing is is give people opportunity to grow. Grace yeah. gives people a chance right. to change and believes right. that change is not only possible but probable yeah. in the light of grace. Yeah, and grace may be the key to that, getting to the point where we don't judge one another because judging is basically, is generally it seems, based on past experience. And rather than that, grace comes to a person with that open heart that says, you know, I want to know you as you are now. Yeah, and not based on uh, the past. I think I think that I know we're running out of time, but I think that's one reason why I really have wanted to focus on the two words curiosity and beauty. The last six or eight months, yeah, because the judgment comes when we look, when we think more critically and analytically. Yeah, but what if you're looking for beauty? Right. What what if you turn the other side of your brain on and you're looking for beauty and you, and instead of interrogating you you're curious. Yeah. There's a curiosity that drives it. Right. There's and and so it becomes something your conversations with people even from your past take they they smell different than they did. They, yeah. they take on a different tone. Yeah. They're not this um, like you said I'm going to prove that you've never changed. Yeah, that's just like you always were. Yeah. 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 But in, instead, where's the beauty in you? Because I know it's right. there. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Friends, thanks so much for listening to this episode of On Grace. My name is Jason Brown. I've been hanging out with Wendell Van Valen and Wayne Hunter. The three of us serve together at Broadway United Methodist Church in Bowling Green, Kentucky.